This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Happy Valentine's Day and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am excited for today. Now, let me be real with you all, right? I am a regular human with a very long history with my husband uh, we've been together, gosh, I would say 15 years. We've been together 15 years, married 11. And so over that time, there have been some Valentine's Day that I've been very excited about and some that I'm just like, this is just another day. I'm not really feeling you. You're not really feeling me. But I am actually looking forward to today, which is the day this podcast comes out. He asked me on a date, like the exact way that I love for him to ask me to do things. And we're going to one of our favorite restaurants super early because, you know, we're parents and we got kids to still get to bed and get ready for school the next day. But I am looking forward to it. I also know that depending on what season you're in your own marriage, you may be looking forward to the day or you may be just wanting the day to be over as quickly as possible so that you don't have to be inundated with everyone else enjoying such a romantic, lovely holiday together. Either way, right? I am excited that this podcast comes out today because I, at my heart, am a lover of love right? I'm one of those people that growing up, I used to watch soap operas and I was just always so enamored by all of the love stories, like just how passionate and romantic and amazing love seemed on the big screen. I am a hopeless romantic. I love all the romance, all the bells and whistles. And Whether you're that way or not, I think we all want to experience love. And at the end of the day, Valentine's Day is a day to call us to remember the love. And what I find is that most people think of this holiday as a day to exchange love, right? And in the process, I think it can become a bit transactional, to be honest, right? Where we are constantly looking outside of ourselves to feel loved by what our spouse or partner is doing, saying, giving to us. Or if on this day, your expectations are not met, then this day can become a weapon, that you use against each other, right? Where we didn't even celebrate Valentine's Day or you didn't even 
do anything for me on Valentine's Day or I did this for you, but you didn't do anything for me, right? And of course, as we all scroll on social media today, we're going to see lots of expressions of love and that may kick up certain feelings for you. I know for me, it does. I have a tendency to compare myself and my life to other people, right? I am human. I'm very conscious and aware of that about myself. And so I manage it, right? And I want to just invite you that if you know that's something that's potentially going to pop up for you to manage it yourself, right? To have a plan of what you're going to do for yourself when maybe you do get into sort of this comparison trap, right? But I think above all that, this day really is about love. And I think one of the best ways to ensure that you have a wonderful day today and every day is to spend more time thinking about this idea, which is the title of this podcast today, of leading with love. Now, no matter what you think about Valentine's Day, it is still a great time to anchor yourself in the concept of love And that is what we're going to be talking about today. And when I say the words leading with love, the most practical, tangible way I can describe that is just asking yourself this question in any situation. What would love do? What would love do if love was a tangible human being talking to you, guiding you, directing you, what would love say? What would love do in any situation that you find yourself in? And I think on the surface, we might be really, really tempted to answer this question thinking about leading with love as an action to take and to demonstrate love to our spouse. Right. And in some instances, that might be exactly what it is. That might be 100% right on the mark. But I want to take things a little bit deeper, as you know that I like to do. And I want to ask this question and frame it to some of the most common situations and scenarios that my clients find themselves experiencing where leading with love is really hard, right? So I want to share with you just a few of them. And all we're doing right now is just asking ourselves this question, what would love do when, right? And you can listen and sense for yourself, like, are these things you actually experience in your own marriage or some flavor of it, right? So Here's one. What would love do when your spouse is not making an effort or is shut off from connecting with you? Right? What would love do then? Another one is what would love do when your spouse is resentful and unforgiving and not being very nice to you because they are hurt and angry? 
What would love do when your spouse is criticizing you and blaming you for a lot of things going wrong? What would love do when your spouse doesn't understand you or isn't sensitive to how you feel? What would love do when your spouse says mean and hurtful things to you when you disagree or when you're in the middle of an argument? What would love do when your spouse is defensive and not open to receiving any constructive feedback? Have I hit the heavy hitters for you? As I engage in a lot of different platforms that I'm on doing this work, these are the things that I see most often, right? Whether it's direct conversations with my own clients or posts in some groups that I'm a part of. These are the things that people really, really get stuck with what to do, right? Now, my answer might surprise you because in all of these situations, my approach is the same and it would not actually be to coach you to immediately reach out to your spouse and shower them with your love and understand them and give them a big old dose of compassion and forgiveness, although those things are amazing. And yes, we want to get you there. That's not where we start. And I think, you know, showering your spouse with love when they're not being very lovable, right? This sounds nice in theory, but in practice, I just want to be real with you, right? And you already know this. It's nearly impossible to be able to do that authentically in those specific situations. And I believe that that is because showing them love in these very specific situations where they're not making an effort, they're resentful, they're criticizing you, they don't understand you, they're saying mean and hurtful things, they're defensive. Those situations are really, really hard. And trying to show your spouse love in those moments, in some ways, would be neglecting yourself and your very real feelings first. And so I really think that that is why letting love lead in this more traditional sense of like, I'm going to show you love first, right? That's just really, really, really hard, unnecessarily hard, in my opinion. And one of the things I pride myself on as a coach is really meeting my clients where they are. And I think that in some situations, leading with love means loving yourself first. Even God in his infinite wisdom, put this in the Bible when he talks about this principle of loving your neighbor as yourself. And your capacity to love someone else is a function of your capacity to love yourself. And so it is with your spouse and their capacity to love you being a function of how well they can love themselves, right? So in all those scenarios where your spouse isn't being their most 
kind and loving and mature version of themselves, it's because there's some block to them being kind and loving and mature towards themselves. Okay. And this practice of leading with love for yourself is the work. It's the work that I do inside the marriage upgrade with my couples, even though they're coming together as a couple. There's always individual work that needs to be done. And then there's always the collective work that needs to be done amongst you as a team. Now, let's dive into these scenarios. What does it look like to actually lead with love for yourself in these difficult moments? There are a set of steps. I always provide you with steps, right? There are five steps that I want to offer you as leading with love for yourself. And it all has to do with like what's going on inside of you. Again, so many many of us are thinking that leading with love is an outward reflection of action. And I believe that it's a, first an inward practice of introspection. Okay. So in all of these scenarios, again, your spouse is being um, resentful. They're not making an effort. They're criticizing you. They're being insensitive to your feelings. They're saying mean and hurtful things or they're being dismissive. In all of those situations, the first thing you have to do when you're leading with love is to acknowledge your feelings. You have to acknowledge your own feelings. When you don't do that for yourself, what happens is you want them to do all the work. You want to just sort of dump all your emotions onto them for them to clean it up. But leading with love and starting first with yourself means that you acknowledge your feelings. And the way that I like to teach you to do that is just to complete the sentence. I feel blank because it's so important that you understand the connection between what you are feeling and why you are feeling it. What's the specific thing that has happened? What's the specific thought you have about that thing? What are you making it mean? We could take today, right? Valentine's Day, where I feel disappointed because my spouse didn't plan a romantic evening for us. I feel forgotten because my spouse didn't wish me a happy Valentine's Day on Facebook or whatever it is for you, right? You have a thought about all of that. They didn't make the plans. They didn't publicly acknowledge your love. What do you make that mean? So you want to just acknowledge your very real feelings because you are a human. This work is not becoming a robot where you don't feel anything. So acknowledge it. It's okay to acknowledge it. And then the second step immediately after that is to normalize it. One of my favorite things to just say to my clients is, of course, of course, that's how you feel. Of course, when you're thinking that, 
that's the feeling that comes up for you. Of course, that's normal. Most people would feel the same way when they're thinking those things, right? So you want to just normalize it. You don't want to shame yourself for how you're feeling. So many times when I'm coaching my clients, they're like, oh, I can't believe I keep keep thinking this and feeling this way. I should be over doing this by now. Or they have so much shame, like I can't believe I'm still stuck here. No, that's not going to help you lead with love to yourself, right? You want to normalize it. Like, of course, come here. Let me give you a hug. What can I do for you? That's the kind of relationship you want to develop within yourself. So step one, acknowledging your feelings. Step two is normalizing what you feel. And the normalization process really is a function of what you're thinking, right? Like when you're thinking, they don't care about me. Of course, you're going to feel rejected. Of course, you're going to feel unseen when you're thinking that, okay? Step number three is soothing those feelings, all right? There's an entire podcast episode on self-soothing. I believe it's episode 67, and definitely listen to it. But in a nutshell, self-soothing is just taking care of your emotion. Just taking care of your emotion. You acknowledge what it is. You make the connection for why you feel that way. You normalize that you're feeling that way. And then you soothe it. It's so hard to feel this way. I'm so sorry. This is what's happening for you. How can I be here for you in this moment, right? This emotion that you're feeling doesn't have to go away. We don't have to resist it. We don't have to act out of it. It can just sit here right next to you. How do you want to interact with it? How do you want to relate to it? Okay. So you're just going to soothe that emotion. Let me give you a hug. Let me tell you how wonderful you are, even though you're feeling this way. And then the fourth step is processing the emotion in your body. And I'm going to be a thousand percent honest with you. This is a skill that I am in the process of mastering. I'm not there yet. I am a very heady, intellectual, analytical, ruminating tendency person in my brain. (laughs) I won't characterize my whole self as that, but my brain likes to be in itself. (laughs) not in my body. So I think a lot, right? But part of navigating your emotions and leading with love towards yourself is being able to get inside your body. So for anyone that's like really into yoga or other somatic practices, you're probably going to be excellent at this, right? But you want to process the emotion in your body. And the way that I have learned to do this is just by noticing where do I feel the emotion. Emotions are just physical sensations inside your body, and so you feel it somewhere. And getting yourself out of your head and into your body of where you actually feel the emotion begins to cut off the rumination process. 
So if you have a tendency to just like spin around in your head with what happened or what didn't happen, and it's actually fueling that emotion more and more and more, asking yourself, where do I feel this emotion in my body will get you out of your head and listening and tuning into your body. And emotions as physical sensations don't actually last very long. I think the research says like 90 seconds or something in that ballpark. The way that the emotion is perpetuated is by your brain continuing to ruminate on it. But if you just focus on the physiological sensations, it actually passes through your body quite rapidly. Step number five is radical self-care. Even if your spouse has thoughts about it. So that means if they aren't showing up the way that you would really love for them to show up, radical self-care might mean you show up for yourself that way. I am no stranger to buying myself flowers or writing myself a love letter or giving myself a gift. I don't depend on someone else to do that for me so that I feel loved and cared for. Now, those are not the only ways to practice radical self-care. I really believe that the deepest and most impactful radical self-care comes from the story you tell yourself about yourself. And so for me, I spend a lot of time journaling, writing the thoughts that I want to believe about myself, writing letters to myself, telling myself and affirming myself in the way that I want to feel. And I want to invite you to do that work too, whether you're a man or a woman. I have this conversation with my male clients sometimes about journaling and taking care of that little inner child inside of all of us. And with one male client, it worked so well to describe it as a strategic meeting with himself. So your journal is just like a strategic meeting with yourself. However you frame it, You want to be taking a deep look at your internal dialogue about yourself and make sure that the story you're telling yourself and how you're presenting yourself to yourself is of the utmost love and respect for you. Now, when you are able to do these things, when you acknowledge your feelings, you normalize what you feel, you self-soothe, you process the emotions in your body, and you practice radical internal self-care, then, and only then, once you've completed that process, first of all, you're going to feel so much better. But then is when you can now safely take your eyes off of you and what you need to position yourself to refocus on your goal and take a a step towards your spouse with love. But that's internal work has to happen first. So after you've done those five steps, what I want to invite you to do is look at your goal. 
And what I mean by that is what do you want? That's all your goal is. What do you want? What is your intention? What is your desire? I want us to have better communication, meaning I want us to be able to both come with some concerns to each other where we both are heard instead of it leading to an argument and a blame fest. I want to feel deeply connected. I want to move past talking about the sort of surface level logistics of our life together and really talk about what are your hopes and dreams and goals and what are the ways that you want to grow as a person and who do you see yourself as a spouse and as a parent. You want to have those deeper level of conversations, right? So when I say what is your goal, that's for you to determine what is it that you're wanting most in your marriage that's available for you and your spouse to build together. Notice how I framed that because the framing of it all is very important. So many times we approach goals from like a deficit mindset of like what's not there, what's wrong. I really like to approach goals as enhancements and upgrades to your marriage. So what is the upgrade that you want to make? And of course, I'm chuckling because if you've listened to this podcast within the past year, you've probably heard me talk about my program, The Marriage Upgrade, which I will tell you about even more at the end of this after I tell you this last piece, right? So after you've remembered your goal, you want to take a step towards that goal with love, right? So you've already done the internal work of leading with love for yourself, right? You're leading yourself into love. Now you get to have the emotional regulation and the emotional caretaking to be able to now translate the work you've done inside yourself to a tangible, loving, connecting action towards your spouse. But that inner work has to happen first. All right. So that is leading with love. Now, I do want to tell you about the marriage upgrade because at the time of this airing of this podcast episode, there is only one more day to join this program as part of the spring 2023 cohort. The Marriage Upgrade is my six-month couples coaching program. It is literally the best thing I could have ever allowed myself to receive, create, and bring forth into the world because I really believe this is like a co-creation with God right? I'm like, this program is amazing. It is everything every couple should have. So in this program, we focus on helping you achieve your goal. Most of the couples that I work with are working on communication, reducing their arguments, building connection, having more meaningful conversations, spending more time together, enjoying each other, and operating as a highly functioning team where they feel massively supported by each other. So if these are things that you want to work on, if these are things and results that you want to actually create in your marriage, this is the program that is going to help you do that. The way that it is structured, we have a two-day couples retreat, which is hands down 
the best couples experience you could have. Nothing is better than having two full days to come together as a couple and to focus exclusively on your relationship and how to make it better. The retreat is the biggest gift you could give to yourselves. Following the retreat, because I know when you're in a bubble, everything makes sense and it's perfect and you've got your plans and you know exactly how you're going to show up and you've built your skills and everything is great. Then you get back to real life. And so I am here to support you in your real life. And we work together over the course of six months to constantly be reinforcing, strengthening, and building all of the skills that you developed as a couple at your retreat in your real life. So that six-month period looks different every week. One week we have workshops where you're getting that skill building. Another week we have a marriage challenge where you're taking the loving actions. Another week we have open coaching call where we're working on your mindset and transforming the way that you think. And then the last week of each month is either a virtual date night, which is so fun and so connecting for you as a couple, or a self-care session, which is again this inner work that we've been talking about today in this episode. Listen, you do not want to miss this round and this opportunity to be in the program. I think every round is amazing. This is the second one. But now is the time. If you are listening to this podcast, if what I'm saying is resonating, if you know that there are things you want to upgrade in your marriage, goals you have, desires you want to see fulfilled in your relationship, this is the time to do it. Better isn't going to happen on its own. And later might be too late. So I want to highly encourage you that if you know that there are things you want to work on in your marriage, this is the time to do it. Come inside the marriage upgrade. I will take exquisite care of you so that you can take exquisite care of yourselves and your marriage. It would be my honor to be your coach. You can find out all the information about how to sign up today on my website, drshavon.com. We will link to it in the show notes. And I look forward to actually meeting you and seeing you inside the program. Have a wonderful, wonderful Valentine's Day or whenever you happen to be listening to this episode. I will be back with you next time. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.